Hello, greetings, welcome, and Chantani to another Godfather Part 2 Minute. With me, Alex Robinson. And with me, Andrew Robinson. And today we're talking about minute number 51. 51, you're my favorite number, Alex. That's your favorite number? Yeah, you remember you asked me last week, what's my favorite number? And I said 51. Why? Well, because I wanted you, I wanted the suspense to uh, build uh-huh. up to this minute. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, repeat after me. El minuto. El minuto. Numero. Numero. Cinquantuno. Cinquantuno. Yes. Nice. Cinquantuno. 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 That's it. Oh, but like cinqua plus one. Yes, like that's 50 right. Fifty plus yeah. one. By the yeah. way, let me do a correction. Last week, I act, I erroneously said it was cinquenta, uh-huh. but that was I was thinking Spanish, which is cinquenta. Italian fifty is cinquanta. Cinquanta. I yeah. knew that. I knew. I knew it was wrong. <laughs> it I felt wrong. I didn't want to say anything because, yeah. like, you know, I didn't want to embarrass you. But, mm-hmm. you know, so good. Glad, correction. Glad we got that straight yeah. now. Tell us about the minute, Alex. Well, in minute number fifty-one. Um, the one day godfather is today a humbly grocery delivery boy making his rounds on the, the um, Hell's Kitchen. Later at dinner, Vito is troubled, but before he can explain, a neighbor beckons in the window, tossing a bundle while telling him, telling the confused Corleone he'll pick it up the next week. Mm-hmm. What do you think's in the package? It's a great cliffhanger. It's a great cliffhanger. <laughs> the minute could not have been What's cut. in the package? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm insulted. He throws me a package and doesn't tell me what's in it. <laughs> yeah, Frankie, we were, we were real happy about that package we threw you across the air shaft. <laughs> I don't know, Alex. I mean... Um... What do you what do you think? Are you asking me what he, what Vito thinks is in it? What does he think is in the package, and what do you? Will you let's just speculate on what thing. Obviously, let's you know a peek behind the curtain. We know mm-hmm. we do know what's in the in the package. Like as mm-hmm. professional podcasters, we know that they that they're it's filled with uh, yeah with weaponry yeah. But uh, let's pretend we don't know that, and let's mm-hmm. just speculate as to what could be in there. Yeah, human head, for instance. Uh... No? What else, no, what else could he be? Why would he come back for it next week if we're a human head? Well, he might be just saying he's going to come back for it. <laughs> you think that the cops are outside his door and have identified him as the as the uh, Hell's Kitchen slasher? The head, the head, the headsman of the headsman of Hell's Kitchen. Yes, got to be a better way for it. The Hell's the headhunter of Hell's Kitchen. The headhunter of Hell. The Hoffman headhunter of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> How do you say that in Sicilian? <laughs> when you say it in Sicilian, it sounds better. Yeah. By the way, I was He's just... the one-wheeled bicycle of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Translate doesn't really have a direct translation. Hey, Goodfellas was on the other night, and I caught a little bit of it. Oh, yeah. I think it's a great scene where... Uh, where um, He's like, are you talking to me? No, no. Who is the... Is that from Goodfellas? No, that's from Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> 
where uh, what what is uh, Joe Pesci's character name? Is that Paulie? No, Paulie's the no. head. Uh, um, Jim, no, Jimmy's Robert De Niro. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Paulie and uh, Josh Flanagan anyway, is jo- killing me right now. Yeah, Joe Pesci's character. Gotcha. Where they where they go to his mother's house and yeah. end up eating yeah. on their way to bury the the guy they killed. Yeah, and she tells the Nikki? joke. No, Nikki Santoro is who he is in Casino. I can't oh, think of his name in that. So close, <laughs> N- Nikki, Mickey. It's too- anyway, uh, you're from a scene with uh, Mrs. so his mother, yeah, uh, Mrs. Martin Scorsese's <laughs> yeah. real mother, right. Tells that joke in English, yeah. and after she says the punchline, she says, "Oh, that sounds better in Italian." I love it. That's so real because I've been around people who've told translated jokes, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, it just sounds different." Yeah, but you and you can hear how it would sound funnier in another language. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Humor is one of those things, though. It doesn't travel well through time or space. Mm, what do you mean space? Like it, distance wise. Like you oh. can tell a joke to someone to your neighbor, and you guys can both think it's really funny. You tell your that same ah. joke to a, a person in China, and they're like, well, "I don't know." Like, yeah. so or vice versa. Ah. I'm not saying the Chinese have no sense of humor. I'm just saying, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's so cultural that mm-hmm. that's why also time it doesn't generally. Yeah. It's, it's it's tougher to do because stuff just seems. It's different. What causes more of a separation, a comedic separation, time or space? <sighs> it, it, like in all humor, because generally, because I feel like like you got a better shot of making the person laugh if they're closer in time or closer in space. Hmm. Like if you were talking to someone across the street, but they were from a hundred years ago, versus. Someone now in China, huh? Assuming that you could speak Chinese, that they literally understood you, right? It would depend on the translator, I yeah, guess. yeah. <laughs> they have to invent some universal humor <laughs> translator that would rephrase oh, the joke yeah. in whatever cultural terms would that's apply awesome. to the to the. Uh, that's a great the, uh, AI f- feature. <laughs> that for, seems way. That seems really subtle to have to yeah. like. If human translators get to it, I have a hard time believing our like yeah. our, who knows the algorithm these days. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really I'm really stumped by that though because I'm trying to think if you if it's you know it's tempting to think of it as like with with the time one mm-hmm. if you really go really big picture and you're talking about someone like a thousand years ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like would that is that if and I guess it really depends on the joke too because I feel like physical comedy is always going to that's going to be the most transcendent yeah. of all the things because mm-hmm. everyone loves seeing a guy get a football in the groin or mm-hmm. well not necessarily a football but, but as could an example be a, it could like, be like a like a like a like a lacrosse ball from early Aztec times <laughs> totally it yeah could be but, but, but a soccer ball I think if you show if you got someone from ancient Aztec times and mm-hmm. were able to show them a video of someone getting hit in the nuts with a football they would still laugh at it because it's still the same <laughs> it's still the same basic thing it, it is you know, right the nuts are being crushed that is what is That's funny what, <laughs> crush nuts always funny <laughs> so I think physical comedy will has a better chance of lasting mm-hmm. than than spoken comedy or something yeah. that relies more on a, on conception of yeah. like yeah I you think know. you're right the only thing I can think of is if somehow in the future people are more empathetic 
I'm like, there's nothing mm. funny about someone getting hit in the football oh, and the groin. It's quite yeah. painful. Yeah. The same way we, <laughs> there's stuff that we like look at stuff people in olden times used to think was funny, like making animals fight. Yeah, yeah. And they would love that. And we're all yeah. like, oh, now most, at least Western people would not be mm-hmm. into that idea. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, interesting. But uh, so who knows? But crushed, yes. So Crushed Nuts. Crushed that, Nuts. That's the name of your comedy. Always funny. You know, your comedy truth. That's our low-budget uh, commercial this week. Crushed Low-budget items. Oh, perfect. So it's, uh, yeah, I like how it's, we, sometimes we need to flip it. We need to do the extra stuff early. Yeah, totally. And then we'll, we'll analyze all the yeah. nonsense of, yeah. the, of, the, of the minute. So Crushed Nuts, would, would it actually be nuts, like almonds and cashews crushed, but the gimmick, the logo, would be a guy... Holding his groin area. What do you? Wear? What's the problem? I don't think that's a good. I don't think that's a good. I'm, that is a on multiple levels. That is a awkward to try to sell nuts and the images of a guy getting with his crushed nuts because it's a. It's conjuring an unpleasant. You know, is it unpleasant? You said it, everyone laughs at it. Oh, that's true. But then also Comedy might sell. But then you're also putting the image in someone's head that what they're eating are crushed nuts. Oh, literally! Like like oh, like you're selling a product called crushed nuts, and yeah. then you're like, here now eat them. <laughs> <laughs> so that to me is like a that's the I think the 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 but the only shot you got with getting away with that is because. It's. I mean, it's literally not like crush nut. It's like that, that's such a stretch. No one's gonna think. If it's you're in like, the if you're in the supermarket and you have a choice between just regular peanuts and a company called Crushed Nuts, and there's a picture of a, it's like a wacky package. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. wacky packages. Yeah, I would get them as a novelty. If I was yeah. to, if I was the king of of co- like cereal companies and stuff, mm-hmm. I would totally team up with wacky packages. Oh yeah, and release like limited edition packages Absolutely. that, or at least on one side, had the same stuff Absolutely, as the thing. It's right? Such a natural, but you know, kids I guess, would so. love it. Kids love it. I mean, nowadays, I don't know. Parents <clears throat> are probably more serious about that kind of stuff, though, yeah. right? Like, like uh, fizzoline. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever talked about Price is Right's rule? Price is Right rules on this show. What rules? About how, you know, like if you're trying to say, oh, guess how much this costs and whoers closest. You and I have talked over. offline about this many right. times. I, this is, so I guess this isn't really a we asked, we answered. Okay. It's because no one asked, but. <laughs> <laughs> What's the. Well, I looked it up. What is the advantage to prices right rules? Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. And should we talk about this now or just. Sure, right. You're talking about theory? it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there were two theories. Number one mm-hmm. is it prevents ties. Okay. Because you're automatically eliminating, like, because if, say, the price is a dollar, I bid 99 mm-hmm. cents and you bid a dollar one penny, then we're both one penny yeah. away. How do you reconcile? It doesn't actually eliminate ties, though. Because if I pick 100 and you pick 102. But then you got the it, actual price. So that's. that's Oh, because the price is right rules you can't go over. That's the thing. That it's whoever gets closest without going without over. Without going over. Okay. Yeah, All so right. So it prevents ties. Uh, so the other thing, this is a more Price is Right aspect to it, is that the companies that give the products as prizes, it's better for them to, if everyone bids high and then they're like, let's say there's a car, let's say, you know, um, there's a, let's say there's something that costs $100 for sale and mm-hmm. everyone's like, 
five dollars seven dollars ten dollars and then they're like well the actual the person who got closest was the seven dollar bet then the people who have that one dollar product the makers of that are like now people think our product costs seven dollars because someone just won it based on based on they bid way too oh, high but they I but see. they still now our product is associated mm, with costing that much whereas the other way the product is associated with being cheaper than it actually is because they yeah. if the person wins by saying one penny and they win it then then the implication is that the thing is is much cheaper than people think because so but so the companies want people to think that the item is a good quality but it's not expensive yes yes okay or or they just yeah that's why just, people bet low because they don't want to overbid which would disqualify them exactly yeah yeah so anyway it's terrible from the contestant standpoint it's absolutely terrible um, if i guess I ten dollars like and you guess eleven that totally shuts me out from a rules mechanic standpoint, it's an absolutely terrible. Well, but that's rule. well, that's the that's but that's the strategy part of it is that if you're the but there's no strategy because there's the order is not you have no say in the order. Well, but there's a strategy if you know you're if you're if you're the last person because we've seen people anyway. This is yeah. we're getting sidetracked here. We'll, we'll talk about that more off the air. If if because I've seen people do the stupid mistake of let's say you have four contestants. The first mm-hmm. person says seventy five cents. The second person says. A uh, dollar ten, and then the third person's like a dollar eleven, and then the last person just goes, you know, a dollar twelve, and so that person in the middle got that was a bad strategy on their part. It because, was, but but my my last yeah. comment on this is that okay. that that rule uh-huh. only benefits the last person, right? Regardless of what everyone else does. Like mm-hmm. in, insanely, those last insanely put, like an insane advantage. It's not balanced. It's like, and that's not a good. I don't think it's a good rule, and a, therefore a good game because it's just not balanced. Right, and you All don't right. even get any choice into the order that you get to go. So anyway, that's so. Why. What else do you think was in the package? I think there is not a head. Not a head. No, I think there are. You get a head in this world. I think I think there are tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yes. Is that four oranges foreshadowing the uh, the down? That would be good if it was tomatoes because that would be like uh, or oranges well, would be why. foreshadowing his yeah. his death. I think it's all were... pesticide uh, sprayers. <laughs> well, I think they are poison tomatoes, and mm-hmm. the neighbor we don't know who it is yet, mm-hmm. right? We don't know. We don't know who it is. Is testing this guy's loyalty, Vito's mm-hmm. loyalty, because he didn't know him yet, right? Because if he dies, then the neighbor will know that he ate them without uh-huh. permission. But if he lives and gives them back, <laughs> so it's a test of his loyalty. I like that. <laughs> I'm surprised that doesn't happen more, more often in mob movies. That's someone like those kinds people. of loyalty tests. Um, I knew someone once who, um, in through business, knew some um, mobsters. Mm. And at one point, they're like, hey, come on in. And they, they like, you know, they knew him from the neighborhood and stuff. And they brought him in. They're like, hey, you know, they wanted to give him something. Whoa. And they're like, oh, wait here. Or we just want to give you something. And he was waiting in a room. And next to him was, like, an open safe with stacks of cash. What? And uh, he said he had no doubt in his mind that they purposely put him here. 
and were watching to see how he reacted to the money being put wow. there. Wow. Well, do you think they were watching him? Yeah. He, he's like, there's no doubt in my mind that like they a camera were, or something? Or just either, yeah, a camera or, or, or whatever, like through double glass, Whoa. you know, or something like that. So, he, so of course, he didn't take, he didn't touch, didn't touch anything. So, yeah. You know. Do you think they invited him? So did they, not just a test, but to what end? Were they trying to get him into the business? Into the business? I, it's possible. It's possible they, they might, or, or at least we're exploring, like, because uh, mm-hmm. my friend worked for a department store, mm-hmm. so it's possible mm-hmm. they were looking for maybe some kind of angle into the department uh, store. And on to, on, you know, if, I feel like if you're in this business, if you want to stay ahead, you always got to be looking for any any angles in the department store business no any, any <laughs> yeah. it's cutthroat you know they're all going out of business yeah. um, yeah, first move make friends with the guy who oversees the men's apparel yeah once you got that down you move up to the ladies section <laughs> yeah i think you're right you always got to be looking for yeah different ways to make money yeah Always, that's that's what oh. Barzini says. <laughs> what else you got for this minute? Well, um, I do have some stuff from the book. Not well, very much. But. Okay. Well, the other thing I just wanted to say is that I knew someone else who um, once lived next door to drug dealers, mm. and um, like in like, did, a, did he get a discount? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a dangerous business. Is a little bit dangerous. <laughs> All that dry cleaning on their uh, oh. big expense. Um, no, well, they they lived in like a next door apartment building, so they weren't mm. in the same building. They were mm-hmm. in the building next door. And uh, they, they like, it wasn't like it was a crack house or anything. They pretty much kept to themselves, didn't make any trouble in the neighborhood. You know, it was just mm-hmm. just a local business. How did they know it was a drug house? <laughs> well, they could tell people were coming and going Come all times a day and stuff like yeah. that. And I think they might have even, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't know what they exactly what, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they knew. Yeah. Well, so one day they knew because um, they were in their backyard and they f- and they found basically a giant like pillowcase parcel sized parcel of weed. Whoa! And what had happened was the people next door were being much like uh, this mystery person handing him the bag. The people who live next door were being raided by the cops, so they just threw the bag over the fence oh my and were gosh. like, we'll get it back later, you know, when the cops aren't here. Whoa. And so uh, my friend was like, what do we do with it? Like, what do we... Uh, wow, they just leave it out there, or did they bring it inside? Well, they, they brought it inside. They did bring it inside. Whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that was a, that was a risk, <laughs> but a, they... Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we've come to that time where we have to say goodbye to the... Uh, non-paying customers oh no <laughs> oh no you can never lose your customers <laughs> if you want to hear the rest of this episode we go on for uh, a bit longer about minute number 51 you can go to godfatherminute.com slash support support and you can go there now